0: Welcome back to Kindly Gifted. I'm your host, Kate Tarantiba, and I can't wait to unwrap the world of creativity with you. Each week, I'm hashtag gifting you two episodes of ways you can become fluent in the business of creativity and learn the best-kept industry secrets to creating content worth remembering. Sound good? All right, let's dive into it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify yo! it's time for the goods. Each week, we're going to highlight some of the haps, the 411, the hot topics in the creative industry, in advertising, marketing, and influencer world alike. The purpose of this is to bring you into the conversations that go on within the culture of the creative industry, an industry that you're a part of, by the way. So I hope to inspire you, empower you, and invite you to have a seat at the table. I'm so excited for this first one because in a Digiday piece on how influencers drive social commerce sales, which by the way, read the article. There is a misconception that influencers are not responsible for sales and that's not a skill set you should have. False. Because what the fuck is influence then? If it's not influencing people's behavior, especially purchasing behavior, like that's why you're working with brands ultimately um, from their perspective. So read the article, but there is a a specific quote that I found really interesting where brand cycles, Lindsay Hitman says, we find that micro influencers can convert at a much higher rate. So if it's a conversion play, you go to the micro. If it's a branding play, you go to the macro. Let's talk a little bit about what that means. Conversion. Is exactly what I said before. You will receive some sort of success metric from a brand. They want newsletter signups, they want web traffic, they want text signups, they want followers on social media. All of that is to generate sales in the end. You're hoping that people are gonna follow your brand page on Instagram become interested and buy your product. You're hoping that they'll go to your website, sign up for your email list, get a discount code, and then go buy your product. That's the whole point. And there's an unquestionable difference in trust that people have for micro versus macro influencers. Micro influencers are a lot more effective at generating sales because they've been in the industry for a shorter period of time. They haven't necessarily been um, corrupted. by brand partnerships. Um, They're more selective. They value authenticity a lot more. They've been generating maybe a less amount of income than macro influencers from these partnerships. There's a lot of different factors. The branding play as opposed to conversion, when a brand employs a, a macro influencer, They don't really expect that that influencer is going to sell out their product. Um, Does it happen that sales are high? Yeah, of course. But with a branding play, it's more so repositioning yourself as a brand. Telling a different story, reaching a different audience, becoming more culturally relevant, etc, so all of this made me think of kim kardashian 's latest brand campaign for beyond Meat, where she 's been brought on as the chief taste officer, genius. Um, this is one hundred percent for branding purposes to align with a new positioning as opposed to generate conversion. The reason I say that is because kim kardashian's audience for the most part or like millennial and Gen Z and beyond me I feel like it's trying to target that range of consumers and that group of people so bringing on somebody who is a tastemaker in society but also has a younger audience for the most part makes the brand go younger and become more relevant in the culture of Gen Z and millennials so genius. Um, Jane Munchen Wong, a security researcher from Hong Kong, tweeted that Twitter is testing a new feature that would display how frequently you tweet on your profile page. Daily, weekly, monthly, infrequently, or never. I think this is really cool. It could definitely be useful for creators who are using their their Twitter to actively engage with their audiences, whether it's like asking questions or having discussions, um, social activists, creators, podcasts, um, YouTubers, founders of brands, anybody who's planning to do like social listening of any kind or just, you know, do market research on a product or on a new brand that they're trying to found. So I think it's a really, really awesome concept. And the final good of the day is let's talk TikTok Insights. So according to influencer marketing professor Leah Haberman's In Case You Missed It newsletter, TikTok just released a new insights dashboard not too long ago with data on users' behavior, interests, how they connect, and how they feel about brands. It's got some really, really interesting insights, the first of which is that 66% of TikTok users enjoy when brands sponsor creators to show off their products, which I think is pretty fascinating. Um, I also recently saw several creators on TikTok tease an added retention feature in the insights where TikTok will showcase at which point in your video Your viewers have dropped off, and I think this is really insightful for editing processes, creating a hook, if you're scripting your videos, how to basically create more engaging content that your audience is interesting in watching all the way through or like 80% of the way through, right? Right. That's it for this week's goods. As always, DM at Kindly Gifted Podcast or tweet at Kindly Gifted Pod with any thoughts you have on the goods or submit noteworthy hot topics directly to this podcast by going to anchor.fm slash kindlygifted. Like every other episode on this show, this one was also inspired by a conversation that I had with a friend of mine who is a lifestyle creator in LA. She also works for a pretty well-known tech startup in the creator economy. And she was expressing to me a concern she had that US-based brands may not want to partner up with her because of her analytics, specifically the audience demographics, which like, did you think I was going to say engagement? Did you think I was going to say engagement? It got gotcha, you, bitch. We are talking about audience demographics this time. That's what we're discussing, which, as you may know, interested brand partners will ask you to share your audience demos with them, specifically their age group, gender, location. And you should have this information already in your media kit if you don't, by the way. Um, as a reminder, the reason that brands ask for this information is to see if you shared their audience. If so... They'll invest in working with you so that they can tap into their ideal consumer through you. That's really important because then they can determine, okay, this creator would be great for a conversion campaign we have going on, right? Ultimately meaning that they want to drive some sort of traffic to other channels or generate sales ultimately in the end. If you have an audience that they want to tap into, that's obviously really great for branding plays like we talked about earlier in the goods. So they're going to be interested in your audience demographics. And the return of investing in working with you so that they can tap into your audience will be whatever their metric of success that they've communicated to you or their KPI, the key performance indicator, right? So this is, like I mentioned, brand awareness, aka web and social traffic, newsletter or text signups, sales whether it's like affiliate situation or ambassadorships or what have you this particular creator that I was speaking with like I said she's based in LA and she shared that the majority of her audience was split between the US Europe and South Asia I do agree that brands especially if she's a US-based creator and She's looking to partner up with U.S.-based brands. I do agree that brands may be hesitant to work with creators who have large audiences in regions where their product may not be sold, for example. She didn't mention any specific brands, but you know, if you're a U.S.-based brand, you probably are starting with a U.S.-based consumer. Maybe then you expand into other regions, but if you're working with U.S.-based creators, you're targeting a U.S.-based audience, right? So the reason that this is a problem is because then the audience that you have in other regions, like if you have a, you know, 50% of your audience is in Europe or 40% of them is in South Asia, this is not out of hundred, this is like assuming these are different creators, um, they may not be able to access the brand and can't make a purchase if the brand is unavailable in their country, in their region. So brands may see a greater ROI to instead partner with a creator who has a desirable audience demo so that they can reach more of their target consumer instead of kind of betting on a creator that, yeah, is U.S.-based, just like the brand is, but then they have a large portion of their audience in South Asia where the product isn't currently sold, right? We see the same issues with creators whose audience is largely of the opposite sex or gender. Um, Like if you are um, a man with a lot of female followers, Um, as well as age groups so this is like if you are an older woman with a large younger audience however there is a solution to this that's why these podcast episodes are made baby I have some advice that will definitely help impress brands okay from your neighborhood friendly momager from your neighborhood friendly momager Kate what the hell from your friendly neighborhood momager period. (laughs) So here's what you need to ask them. Ask the brand if they've considered making their product accessible in insert region where you have a lot of audience where they currently don't sell their product. (laughs) So for this particular creator that I was speaking with, she could ask if they've considered making their product accessible in India in the near future, for example. Or if you're a woman with a large male following, has the brand considered creating a campaign targeting men buying for women in their life or developing products for men? That way, maybe you're able to participate in the campaign with your fiance or with your husband or boyfriend um, or brother, whatever, cousin, uncle, like family, father, family members, right? Tell them that, you'd love to find a way to work together either in the current moment or in the near future when they do decide to expand to this other additional demographic that you currently have a lot of and who knows maybe they might even tap into you for product development or marketing consulting to target the specific audience you have when you hit them with this question okay Thanks for tuning in to Kindly Gifted. To support the podcast, please leave a review, share with your friends, and don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you follow me on TikTok at Kate Mob for more creative secrets from the internet's momager. See you on the next episode of Kindly Gifted.